Hi, everyone, and welcome to the PhD2B podcast, a podcast where we talk about graduate school. My name is Natalie, and today's episode is a solo episode. Dallas is off visiting her family back home, and I've always wanted to do a solo episode, especially um, taking up the opportunity to talk about burnout and my experiences with burnout. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. So today I'm going to tell my burnout story and um, this is something that I've wanted to do for a very long time because this topic is obviously something that's impacted my entire just not just not even like graduate school experience but just my life experience in general. I think I can thankfully say that burnout has been the worst part of my life. Um, experiencing burnout really has had a huge impact on me and really has just like changed the way that I live my life, which is really hard. Change is really hard. And um, for something like burnout, which I'll talk about sort of my experiences and everything that I sort of have gone through uh, as a result of burnout, um, it, it really changes you and it really sort of makes you reevaluate everything that you've been doing. And so that's exactly what I'm going to talk about today. Um, before I begin, I kind of just want to dive into a couple of um, sources, sort of information that talk about like what exactly burnout is. Um, and so I really just have like a basic uh definition to what burnout is because I think that's obviously going to be a good starting point so if you just plug in burnout into google it says being burned out means feeling empty mentally exhausted devoid of motivation and beyond caring people experiencing burnout often don't see any hope of positive change in their situations if excessive stress feels like you're drowning in responsibilities burnout is a sense of being all dried up um, that was from the www.helpguide.org. Um, like I said, I just Googled burnout and, um, I think that's a great, um, definition of what burnout is. This is another one from the Cleveland Clinic from February 1st of last year, 2022. It says, if you're feeling exhausted and sluggish, even simple tasks feel overwhelming to complete or you find yourself so stressed that you're quick to get angry or frustrated, you might be experiencing burnout. So before I continue with that and just kind of letting that be sort of our background, um, I just want to make sure that I emphasize that my experiences with burnout are not the experiences that you may have, um, the symptoms that you may have. So just keep in mind that um, I had to go to a counselor and have them tell me you have burnout. Um, that's not necessarily the case. Obviously, you don't have to go to counseling to be able to diagnose. Um, but just just wanted to put that out there that what I experience or I'm experiencing with burnout um, may be different for you. So let's start from the beginning. So it really sort of started in my second year of the PhD program. So I was... Obviously, like at that point, I was getting acclimated to being a PhD student. We were back in person. 
Um, we were still wearing masks, but we were back in person. And so I felt good about what I was doing. I felt, I felt happy and, and comfortable with, with, I didn't feel like an imposter, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so that really wasn't like a part of it. Cause I know imposter syndrome can turn into unhealthy, um, things, but, um, I had already, I felt like I was getting acclimated and like when I went into the second year, like the cohort below me, so the ones that came in in that fall 2020, um, 2022, 2021 year, um, were really great. I mean, they were really nice. Like I really found great friends. That's how I met Dallas. I met Dallas in that, um, fall 2021 year. And so it felt good. It felt good to be in graduate school and I love what I was doing. And so obviously second year, you're still kind of getting acclimated, but I felt good. I felt good about what I was doing. And so I started working on, um, I was really sort of feeling like I was making like a name for myself. And I don't mean to say that in a big way, but I felt like I had found like what it is that I want to do. And so I was working with student athletes. I was in the graduate student Senate. I was taking two classes in the fall of 2021. Um, And so I don't know. I felt good. I felt good about what I was doing, but slowly and slowly, but surely I started getting to a point where I was so exhausted by the time I got home. And so I'd be out from like maybe nine. I would start maybe my sessions around nine um, and um, or like go to class like at a certain time, you know, so like I wasn't going in too early, but at the same time, like I was on campus, you know, doing all my things. Sometimes I'd stay later for like meetings and whatnot. And so um, I remember like I would be getting home and I would be just be so exhausted and like just so out of it. And I remember thinking um, I wish I had 24, like, I wish I could be up 24 hours a day, seven days a week, just like working on stuff, which is not a healthy mindset, even though like, obviously I like getting stuff done. I I work better in when there's things to do. That's just sort of what keeps my brain going. Um, and that's okay. Um, but I remember having those thoughts that like, man, I just wish I was never going to, I would never be tired. Like I would, I remember I used to say, if I could forgo sleep, I would forgo sleep. And so I was kind of already getting into this mindset that like, I wish I could do so much more. Like I wish I could like just put more on my plate, which is interesting to say now looking back, like thinking about my, my mind and my thought process back then. And I remember my body was sort of trying to give out on me. Um, I would, I'm a, I walk fast to everything. And I remember, this is at the end of that fall semester. I remember walking to class and I wasn't late. I um, just decided to walk fast and my, I could feel my ankles and my feet my arches of my feet just kind of like wanting to give out on me and it's like as if they were screaming like Natalie slow down and so I stopped and I was like oh I need to listen to my body and so I started walking slow and it felt natural it felt natural to walk at a normal pace than just like feel like I have to like run everywhere and just like be at places extremely early just because you know and so I started really noticing those sort of symptoms in that fall semester, but the semester that I think really was the one that put me 
over the edge was the spring 2022 semester. So same situation. I was working with student athletes. I was taking two classes. I was in the graduate student senate and putting in a lot of work with that. Um, and I had gotten an opportunity to publish a chapter for a book, for a forthcoming book. And I was really lucky that my professor um, allowed me to work on that project in class and God is so good that the timing of that class, which was a, which was an autoethnography class, would be very appropriate for the, the chapter that I was going to be writing. It was going to be on personal experience. It was going to reflect sort of like what the Writing Center does as far as conversations about identity and whatnot. And so it was... In that way, it was really great, but I was really putting in a lot of work on that project. I mean, I wanted to do well. It was a topic that I, I really cared about, and so I was doing that. And then I also was preparing for comprehensive exams. And so um, for those of you who don't know what comprehensive exams are, just a quick little snippet. Um, in some PhD programs, um, you have to take comprehensive exams in the, in the type of exam varies per university department all that kind of stuff but essentially you read either books that are assigned to you in your specific field and your specific area of interest or you come up with these lists and you read them over the summer and then you either take or prepare or create the exam um, in the fall and so then you are able to um, move on to being a bd which is all but dissertation um and so, um, so I had to do that on the back end. And then obviously I'm, I'm a wife. I, um, you know, I do all these things. And so I was, I feel like I had a lot on my plate and it's funny because I was having those similar thoughts of like, okay, I need to, I need to, if I just had more time in my day, I would be able to do X, Y, and Z while also simultaneously being absolutely exhausted. Um, and I started feeling depressed um about halfway through the semester and I started just getting these thoughts that were just like not what I had normally experienced so like for example at one point closer to the end of that spring 2022 semester I threw away a piece of plastic in the trash and the thought that came into my head was wow Natalie you are not helping all the plastic waste happening on this earth like you are just contributing to it you're not recycling like this is not good and I remember feeling so upset by that thought and I'm like oh my gosh like wow I feel like a bad person for not recycling or not reusing this piece of plastic and I I I'd never really had guilty thoughts in that way and so it was really interesting to be able to ha to have that thought and like stop and like really think and be like what is what is going on um I also started having thoughts about like whether like am I ever going to get published like am I ever going to do x y and z which is funny cuz like I also was getting published in that book at the same time I mean I didn't have that as a guarantee um but I had been offered an opportunity and so like I was sitting here thinking well maybe they're not going to want it it's not going to fit for the book you know all these types of things and so I also was, was thinking about like man the institution has so many issues like do I really want to be a part of this am I ever really going to think that I'm going to make a change like 
things that I just like, and I'm a very hopeful, positive person. Um, but in that, in those moments of depression that were caused by burnout, um, it just didn't feel like I didn't feel like myself. And so as the semester end uh, was going to uh, end, I remember being so sad and, and not like a depression sad, which I'll, I have experienced, but it was just like, I mean, it might've been a depression sad. I don't know. Um, now that I think about it, it might've been, but I was feeling the sadness because I knew that my summer wasn't going to be a regular summer. I didn't have to take classes, but I needed to read for my exams. And so I was like, I don't, I don't get to take a break. Like I don't get to take a break. I have to keep work. I had to keep working in athletics. I had to do all of these things in the summer. And so I, I, I felt like I wasn't truthfully going to have a break. And so I was like, no, I have to have a break. Right. And so for the May semester, so like the, the, um, I'm sorry, not May semester for the month of May. So classes usually end around maybe like the 12, 13, 14 type of, you know, um, days. And so that gave me like two, two and a half weeks to just kind of rest. And so that's what I gave myself. I gave myself, I gave myself two weeks to just kind of like rest, relax, you know, do what it is that I want to do in that time and not focus on exams until June 1st. Well, so I went to Houston to go visit my family and I'm not going to get into the details, but essentially I, something triggered me uh, and it brought on symptoms of a panic attack and I was on the road experiencing that panic attack. I, it didn't fully become a panic attack, but because I was trying to calm myself down. I was trying to calm myself down. And so um, I'm in this car by myself on my way back to Fort Worth having this almost panic attack. And that's when I realized, yeah, no, there's something, there's something going on and I got to go get help. And so it's funny because I had tried to go to therapy prior to this moment. Um, so like I reached out to the TCU mental health counseling and I sent them an email. They didn't respond. I sent them, I called them. They didn't respond. Um, I left a message, never called me back. Unfortunately at TCU, the graduate students are not cared for as much as the undergrads. Um, and so for the TCU mental health, you are at the bottom of the barrel unless you experience something traumatic on campus, like a student death or an accident or anything like that. So that was my attempt. And because it didn't work, this happened earlier in the semester. I believe it was January um, or maybe even the previous semester. But I remember that I did that and um, uh, it didn't work. And I was like, oh, well, I made the attempt and I didn't really like follow it up. And so when I experienced that panic, that almost panic attack, I decided oh no, this next, next day I'm, I'm looking for counselors. Like there's no way I'm going to live like this. Like I, I think I had really reached my point. And so that situation really just ended up being the thing to set me off and realized this is, this is not okay. So I very quickly, um, found a counselor and I recognize how 
privileged I am to be able to get counseling for my mental health. Um, I'm so thankful for my husband and his insurance. His insurance is really great. And so just the accessibility of being able to find a counselor um, was awesome. And so I found a counselor. And the thing that's funny about the counseling thing is that I initially like I reached out to one of them and I emailed the receptionist and was like, hey, um, you know, I'd love to, you know, start coming here. Could you put me with a female counselor? She's like, sure. And so she puts me with a female counselor, but they're in a farther location, like maybe like almost an hour away. And I email her back. I'm like, oh, do you have somebody at the closer location to my to where I live? She's like, oh, okay, yeah. And so she schedules me with a male counselor. And I was like, oh, in my head, I'm like, no, I, I wanted a female counselor at the closer location. And I don't know if they just didn't have any or I don't know what the situation was. I was like, okay, look, I just need to go to counseling. If it doesn't work out, if I think a female counselor is going to um, understand me better, then I'll go to some, you know, I'll go to someone else. Like, that's totally okay. So again, go into my first session with my counselor. So this is July, um, July of 2022. Um, and so I go to my, you know, my now counselor and he's doing sort of like an intake and he's kind of like, you know, history and sort of like family history and things like that. And by the end of it, he's like, I've asked you a lot of questions. Like, do you have any questions for me? And I was like, Mm, I was like, no, I mean, where'd you go to school? And he said, Oklahoma State. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I went there too. And so we like immediately bonded over the fact that we both went to Oklahoma State. And so my counselor's just been amazing. And I might talk about him a little bit more in a sec, but he, it, it really was the perfect thing. And I just think that, that, and it's funny because I was his last, so he has a max of 60, um, clients I was number 60 and he was not going to take any more so like God's timing is perfect I give God glory for for that and just all of everything because my counselor has been absolutely amazing um he's been really helpful and so it's just exciting to be able to say that so and I'm tearing up if you hear my voice change but it's just been really great to be able to go to counseling and I do not take that for granted um and it's funny because before that first July appointment, I was tutoring in athletics in June. And I think, and I, and I believe this is around the same time. And I actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I might have actually started seeing him in June. I don't remember. I can go back and dates are not important, but very closely to when I started tutoring um, in I was working in athletics. I had gone to see my counselor. So it kind of happened simultaneously. I believe it was June. Um, and I had seen him in July. So that, that was sort of, yeah, that actually does sound, sound right. But I was it, back going back to June of that year. I, um, I was working with a student. And at this point, like I had just sort of reached my, I, I had just got sort of like, not only like had I experienced like that scary panic attack type of symptoms, but I, it started to, it really scared me. Like I really felt scared and like, I just feel like it really set off like everything. It's kind of like a domino effect. Like that first domino started knocking down the other one and then it just kept going. And so I, 
went to go talk to someone in athletics, the person in charge of like scheduling and whatnot. And I go in there and I tell them like, I can't work here anymore. I have to sacrifice something. And I believe this is for the July. Yeah, it was for the July summer semester. Um, and I go in there and I just start crying and she's like, okay, um, sit down. Um, what's going on? And so I pretty much told her, I was like, I'm, I'm burnt out. I'm stressed. I have exams I have to read for. I work here. Like I just have so much on my plate and I've reached my point. I was like, I don't think I can work here in July. And she's like, okay, we will take you off the schedule and go take care of your mental health. And so thanks be to God that they were so kind and so understanding about that too. And so I started seeing my counselor like almost twice a week, definitely one t- once every week. And so um, he really started kind of working with me, obviously. Um, and we really got to a point where we started just sort of sacrificing things. Like, what is it that you can sacrifice? Put less on your plate. How can you reevaluate your expectations you have for yourself as a wife, as a graduate student, as a teacher, I was going to go into teaching that fall. And so he really started helping me figure out how I was just functioning in general. And so like, for example, one thing that I um, used to do was I would come home and I felt like if I did a chore, I had to finish it that day before Sean got home. Sean's my husband. And like, for example, I used to do laundry and as soon as laundry was ready, put it in the dryer and as soon as the dryer was ready, fold the clothes and have it all done. And obviously that's the ideal way of going about it, you know, not letting the clothes set and, you know, be wet in the in the um, washer and then be dry in the dryer and then, you know, put them back where they go. But even that was an expectation that I was trying to fulfill like I and I would do laundry constantly now I let it sit because it's not it's not a need it's not something that I actually have to do and so um that's just one example of things that I've had to start doing I've had to start letting my husband do more chores um because I was one of the people I would take care of it like you know like it's it's fine I'll take care of it In order to recover from burnout, I had to stop doing that. I had to have him help me do more housework things or, um, you know, things of that nature. And so there was just a lot of things that I had to start changing. And, And it's not just with graduate school, because, again, you can't expect your life outside of graduate school to not impact your graduate school life because graduate school is so it it takes up your life. It takes up your life. If you let it, it takes up your life. And so that was obviously impacting everything. And one thing that I've learned, and instead of maybe going into specific examples about like what I changed, I think this is more of like the the route that I want to go to share with you all. Graduate students are built different. I mean, they really are. They're perfectionists. Um, we are perfectionists. We're controlling. We, 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 we function in this sort of way and that is not a res- that is not a good recipe. It's it's a recipe for burnout, and that's not something you want to make, um, you know. And so, um, 
if I'm a perfectionist, I want to make everything perfect. Okay, but why do I want to make everything perfect? Okay, it's because I have these expectations of what that means. And if I achieve it, then fantastic. I'm doing awesome. But if I don't, I feel guilty. Um, I can be very controlling. I like to kind of do things my way. And so what happens when you're controlling, then that puts more on your plate. You put yourself in charge. And then if you fail, you feel bad. And if you do great, then it's great. And then you just keep repeating that that bad behavior. Things like that. Um, and so my, my therapist really had me evaluate my expectations for myself as a wife, as a graduate student, as uh, a daughter, as all these things. And so I really felt like I had to just break down and unlearn so many things about myself that, um, you know, we're, we're, we're making this better. We're making this better. And so I had to stop, stop worrying about my family. My family does not live near me. My closest family member is about three and a half hours from me. And I was worried about them. And my therapist was like, what can you do? If they're sick, are you a doctor? No. Can you drive them to the doctor? No, because you're in Fort Worth. Can you do X, Y, and Z for them? No, because you're in Fort Worth. You can't worry about them. And another thing that... um my therapist really helped me see is that I'm a problem solver. Like I want to try to solve people's problems. Guess what? None of us are responsible for that. You know, you're not responsible for somebody else's problems, um, which I know is hard to hear. But if my sister, this is just a made up example. If my sister put herself in a financial situation that she, uh, that is uh, hurting her, or harming her. Like if I see that and I care about my sister, and as a problem solver, I want to try to help solve that problem. Not my responsibility. It's not my responsibility. And there's nothing wrong with being there to help. But you can't offer the help until they um, ask. They have to ask you for it. They have to ask you for it and trust in you because then you're giving unsolicited advice. Or you might sound like someone who is um, trying to dictate how that person lives their life. That's not good for the relationship and that's definitely not good for your mental health. And so I really had to, I'm still learning how to not people please, not problem solve, not give my two cents where they're not um, being asked, you know. And so that's kind of been hard, but I think the one thing about counseling was that I knew, I knew that I had somebody to go to to help me. But when I started going to counseling, uh, I'd cry every session while I was with my therapist. And, you know, and it's funny because I don't, I didn't like to cry. I didn't like to be sad. And now I don't care. Now I'll cry. If something makes me cry, I'm just going to let it all out. Like, I don't care because I've let out so much and just, I've just felt so many feelings that with my counselor, I've literally, like, I think for the first, like, three months of me meeting with him, I would cry every session. I would cry every session just out of exhaustion and just burnout just impacts your brain in such a way that you just become more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You um, have such a low tolerance and so things trigger you a lot easier. You become a little bit more emotional. Again, sort of my experiences, that's that's exactly what's been hap what's happened, been happening. So... Um, I would cry every almost every single time, and and I found myself being so honest with him, which is obviously the is it's really important. You got to be honest with your counselor. 
um especially if you feel comfortable with them you know that wouldn't even be a second thought but what's funny about the counseling was that I felt my anxiety and depression get worse because I knew that I was burnt out it's kind of like my body was building up this uh just facade that I had everything together and as soon as somebody told me you're burnt out and this is not okay my body collapsed that's the best way that I could describe it so when that happened the anxiety through the roof depression through the roof I really it was it was really such a scary time and so now I'm looking at about fall of 2022 which I would argue I mean 2022 to me was the worst has been the worst year of my life um and so fall 2022 like exams i'm teaching for the first time at tcu i'm still taking one class i'm no longer in athletics and i'm no longer on the graduate students and i had to take a break i told them i I needed a break and they gave it to me shout out to them um but um i still I, i was still feeling the effects i was still feeling the effects i was triggered easily and i remember the first week of the semester the anxiety uh, caused me to, I still don't know the difference, so I apologize if I'm u- misusing the terms, but disassociate. And it put me in this weird, scary um, mindset that I had never experienced. And that was just the first week, and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this semester. Like, I just feel horrible. And I remember crying with Dallas and Prashida in the hallway of Reed. And just just being at a point where I was like, man, I, I got uh, something's going on. Like, this is not right. And so it really was just a fight to get through the semester. I mean, like I said, I reevaluated my expectations for myself. And I, and I had such a... And that's... I really want to emphasize evaluating the expectations because a lot of times we think people have certain expectations of ourselves when that's not necessarily the case. So I really recommend clarifying those expectations, asking a person, what are your expectations for me? And I did that and it really did help um, alleviate a lot of the stress that I had towards um, things like my exams. Um, and it's funny because when it came to teaching and I love teaching, teaching is, I feel like it's the thing that I'm built to do, but I'm burnt out. I couldn't function the way that I functioned when I wasn't burnt out and teaching a couple of years ago. And so that was a learning process too, for me, because I had to let go. There goes the me wanting to control things. I had to not control things for my students. And the way that I conducted my class, I couldn't put in the amount of time that I wanted to uh, to my lesson plan. It doesn't matter if you spend one hour on your lesson plan or 10 hours. Neither of them are either good or bad. Um, but even if I spent more, like it didn't mean that it was going to be better than the one that was one hour, right? And so... I like to describe it as simple pedagogy, which I don't know if it's a, that's a thing. I, it might be, I said, simple pedagogy is just a thing that like, what do I have the energy for and how can I let go and really make this a student centered classroom? Because it was more instructor centered when I was teaching it back in the day or when I was teaching like the last time I taught. Um, And so it was really an opportunity for me to see students just do the 
run the show in a way, um, which is really hard because as someone who's controlling, um, I had to let go of the reins. And so that was a really interesting process. And, and I hate that. I hate that I was depressed for the majority of that semester because I felt like I, it wasn't until the end of the semester where I started feeling more like myself and experiencing less of that depression. But in the thick of it, like early in the semester and then midway through the semester, like I just felt like I didn't establish as good of a connection with my students as I normally had. But I didn't beat myself up for it because I wasn't feeling well. I wasn't feeling well. I was burnt out. Like, you know, and so you kind of you kind of get to a point where you just start realizing like, you know what? What I was doing wasn't sustainable and I'm different. I've grown and I'm experiencing this thing and I have to change and that's okay. And so there there's been a lot of learning, even though 2022 is probably the worst year is also a year where I learned so much about myself and just the way that I functioned. And so um, I wouldn't say that I'm grateful for the, for the year because it was not comfortable, but I do recognize that it did teach me a lot. And so, um, you know, I passed my exams and made it to the end of the semester and, um, I, by the end of the year, I mean, I felt better. I felt better and, and, and I'm still burnt out. Um, I still experience um, the exhaustion, but there's a lot of things that I've also changed. And so you know, they say that burnout takes like one to three years to for you to recover from. So I met about a year. In fact, um, about a year ago, I had experienced that panic attack. And so I'm really grateful to just kind of look back and see the things that I've changed and the help that I've gotten and the support that I've gotten Um in this process and just the patience of my husband and understanding and moments where I was too depressed to like want to do anything. And so, um, I am really grateful just to be able to look back and see what all of that was like. And so looking forward, um, I'm going to continue working on not being as controlling and not people pleasing and not letting fear dictate what I don't want to do or, things that I want to do um but I'm too scared to do and just I've been learning to have courage this year as well um and just really let go of the reins it's funny because during that fall semester like when I was at home I'm not the type to like really like be dressed up like when I'm at home I mean if I I might change into something like after school but like um I remember like not wearing makeup to like Walmart or, you know, Target or running errands and being totally okay with it because putting on makeup and, and, and dressing up just to go out and run errands, which you totally can do. And I used to do, and I still do sometimes, but the energy wasn't there. And so I really felt like I reached a point where I accepted I'm tired I'm exhausted and I don't have to put on a full face of makeup to be a great pretty wife you know like my husband loves me as as I am and yeah I'll dress up to you know go teach but to go to class I can find something a little bit more comfortable like I just felt like I was trying to upkeep this image 
which was totally me. Um, I'm not going to sit here and deny and, and act or, or act like I wasn't. I was putting up this fa- facade or this fake person. Because, no, I like to dress up. I love clothes. I love makeup. I love all those types of things. But I think I also just got to a point where um, I realized how much energy that was taking out and that, and then that I was doing it for reasons that weren't um, sustainable. And so I would be totally content with um, just not wearing makeup and just wearing a hoodie and leggings or a hoodie and jeans and sneakers, you know, and like being okay with that because the energy that I, it, it the energy, the, I already didn't have energy, but I didn't want to put in energy for that. Um, and so I felt like there was a little bit of sacrifices here and there that maybe made more of an impact than I really thought they did at the time. Um, so really it's still something that I'm still working with. Burnout is something that you're gonna, that I know that I'm going to take a while to recover with because there are some things that I'm still unlearning and things that I'm still working on. And, and, um, I'm still going to counseling. Um, I see him every two weeks recently. I've been every week because of just end of semester type of deal and whatnot, but I've learned a lot with counseling and I'm really grateful for my counselor and the ability and the privilege to go to counseling. So I don't take that for granted. Um, and I'm still just learning about things that, um, I really need to stop doing. And one is I'll sort of end on this example and then I'll, uh, wrap up today's episode. But my husband and I were at Sam's the other day and Sam's club, um, we were at Sam Cl- Sam's Club the other day and we love their hot dogs and their churros and just like oh, that whole snack area is just so good. There We were in line. And it was a pretty long line and there was a lot of people and I was like, I was starting to get anxious and worry and thinking, where are we going to sit? And I kept looking back at, at, at um, empty tables and or like, you know, at that dining area where you can sit down and eat your food and thinking, where are we going to sit? Where are we going to sit? Like, oh my gosh, what happens if we can't find something somewhere to sit? And I look at my husband, I'm like, Sean, um, where are we going to sit? And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, okay. And then I stopped myself and I was like, if I don't have anywhere to sit, it's not the end of the world. And it's funny because the hardest thing about burnout aside from the depression anxiety is the catastrophizing i could i used to catastrophize so much that it it like actually altered like my brain to every time i used to get a phone call i would think oh this is bad news or every time i got in on the highway oh i'm gonna get an accident and so my brain had been so um so built up in that way that it's been really hard to unlearn that and so I'm really like proud of myself for um thinking about like well if we d- if we get the food and there's nowhere to sit that's okay we can stand it's not the end of the world and it's so funny and I'm really grateful that I was able to see that for myself because I see that for a lot of things as well like this one shout out to my therapist for helping me see this one but I used to be anxious about not waking up on time and you know and running late and he's like what happens if you run late i was like well maybe i i I might get in trouble with my boss they're like okay but are you doing that all the time and i'm like no because i wouldn't do it again if i did run late he's like okay does that make you look like a bad employee i'm like no because i don't do it often and so he kind of helped me break down 
my worries about being late or my worries about like kind of like in this example about Sam's Club, my worries about um, not being able to find places to sit, like all of that is catastrophizing and that brings up so much stress and anxiety. And I really had to be able to see that even in those little things, um, even in those little things, they really were making an impact. And so um, I'm getting to a healthier point and I'm just really grateful for the help and the patience of those around me and, and those who those of you who have worried about me. I'm sorry that I've made you worry um, about me, but I appreciate your concern. And so if you're a graduate student listening to this, I, I would advise you to just evaluate your expectations you have for yourself and to ask those that you care about, maybe those of maybe maybe those who are in charge of your your uh, comprehensive exams or dissertations or or whatever it is. Maybe you're working on a project with a professor or a colleague, and ask ask them what expectations do you have of me? Because as soon as you know what expectations someone's has ha- someone has for you or you have for yourself, you can evaluate whether or not they're fair. And when you evaluate that and you find out that they're not fair, then you aren't going to hold yourself to that standard. And so I would I would say evaluate your expectations. I would also recommend that, um, well, I think everybody can benefit from counseling. And so I would recommend everybody go to a counselor. I know that cost and all of those things are a factor. And so if that's keeping you from doing that, totally understandable. But if you have the means and you want to get through your program and, and you think that you might be burnt out or experiencing some sort of anxiety that is or stress that's induced that is caused by graduate school because graduate school is stressful, I would recommend going to a counselor and just kind of getting um, getting a head start on things so that when you get to a more difficult portion of your program, that you have those resources and those tools to be able to get you through it. Um, and lastly, just kind of know yourself. And I, I kind of think going to counseling helps with that. But ask yourself, like, am I, am I a people pleaser? Do I try to solve people's problems or give advice without being asked to do so? Um um, you know, things of that nature, I would just recommend you to um, evaluate and just really reflect on the behaviors that, that you you have formed habits are, you know, that make up who you are and, and just be patient with yourself. I think that's the, the thing that I want to leave you all with. Be patient with yourself in the process of recovering from burnout or anxiety or depression. And I know that there are different types and different reasons why people have anxiety or depression but if it's if it's graduate school related and if it's especially burnout related then i would just say be patient with yourself and uh surround yourself by a community that is also patient with you and is understanding and is just loving and caring and so even if that is just one person who understands what you're going through i can be that person for you if you need me to um but be patient with yourself take care of yourself and know that, you know, you are enough to be in these programs and that um, you don't have to sit here and prove that. Do your work. Yeah, get your publications, do all those types of things. But like, 
that should be sufficient enough for you to know that you are where you are at where you're supposed to be. And so I actually want to finish. I actually want to finish today's episode by reading you a book that my friend, this is a children's book. I'm not about to read a 200 page book to you on the podcast. This is a book that my friend gave me for Christmas of um, December 2022. Shout out to you, Kayla. I love you so much. You're such a great friend. Um, she gave me this book and I'm going to read it to you. And it's a book that really just, when I first read it, it made me cry. And so I just, I just want to read it to you. So it's called Just for Today. And it's written by St. John the 23rd, which um, is, actually, let me just read what it says before I get into the actual text of the book. So it says, as a child taking his first communion, seven-year-old Angelo Roncalli declared, quote, I always want to be good to everyone, end quote. Years later, he would go on to become beloved Pope John the 23rd and eventually would even be canonized. But throughout his life, he never left that first intention behind, and out of it grew these words, his decalogue for our daily living. This celebration of love and humility is a wonderful reminder of the importance of living each day fully. So this is this stems from his decalogue on daily living, um, and it's called Just for Today. So I'm going to read that to you. Just for today, I will try to live for this day alone without wishing to solve my life's problems all at once. Just for today, I will take great care of how I present myself. I will dress simply. I will not raise my voice. I will be polite in my manners. I will not criticize anyone. I will not look to improve or discipline anyone other than myself. Just for today, I will be happy in the certainty that I was created to be happy not only in this world to come, not only in the world to come, but also in this one. Just for today, I will adapt to circumstances without expecting circumstances to adapt to my wishes. Just for today, I will devote 10 minutes of my time to sitting in silence and listening to God, remembering that just as food is necessary for the life of the body, so silence and listening are necessary for the life of the soul. Just for today, I will do a good deed and tell no one about it. Just for today, I will do at least one thing I do not enjoy, and if my feelings are hurt, I will make sure no one notices. Just for today, I will make a plan. Perhaps I will not follow it perfectly, but I will still make it, and I will guard it against two evils, haste and indecision. Just for today, I will know from the bottom of my heart, no matter how it may seem, that God cares for me like no one else in this world. Just for today, I will have no fears. In particular, I will not be afraid to enjoy what is beautiful and to believe in love. I can easily do for 12 hours what I, could, what I would find discouraging if I thought I had to do for a lifetime. And that's the end of the book. Um, it's a beautiful book and I'm so grateful that Kayla put this in my hands and it's, it's a book that I, um, go to when I'm feeling overwhelmed and just reminding that, you know what, what can I do just for today? Um, and so I wanted to share that with you and thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, it's the first solo episode on the podcast and so I'm really excited to um, put it out there and so I just again thank you so much for listening to this episode and um, if you're struggling with burnout 
you are not the only graduate student who's struggling with burnout. And so I know that it can be hard and it could be very um, discouraging and the feelings that you feel when you are burnt out are, are not fun. But know that there is another side and that there are ways for you to um, get better and, and you know, um, make it through the program. And so um, thank you so much for listening And if you have any questions or you'd like to share your own experiences with burnout um, with uh, the podcast, um, obviously, this would just be for personal reasons. We're not going to put it out on the air. But um, our Gmail for anything that you might need questions or topic suggestions is the PhD to be podcast at gmail.com. And also go ahead and follow our Instagram at the PhD to be podcast where we post uh, reminders of when episodes are uh, released and then um, little things here and there. Maybe we've gone to a conference or maybe we got an award and things of that nature. And so you'll be able to keep up with with a lot of what's happening to to Dallas and I on on the on the Instagram. So thank you so much for listening, and I'm going to see you on the next one. Bye.